Deuteronomy 34.1, thank you again for all of our guests who are here today. Please come back again and visit with us. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea. Now I've been to Jordan, I've stood on Mount Nebo, and on a clear day from Mount Nebo you can see all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. All right? And the south in the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zor. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed, I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. Now I want you to notice something here. God reiterated to Moses what he told Abraham, what he told Isaac, what he told Jacob. When God gives you a promise, that promise is yea and amen. It's set in stone. And it may look like that there's going to be times when that promise will never ever come to pass. But that promise that God gives you will come to pass. And he said to Moses, he said, I already promised this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm going to let you see it. But you can't go thither. You can't go in. And we all know why that he couldn't go in. It was because of his disobedience. Now it's amazing to me that, you know, probably one of the greatest leaders of the entire Bible, especially in the Old Testament, was probably Moses. And Moses was a great man of God. But if you look in Moses' life and through his past, you're going to see a lot of problems in the character of Moses. Moses was a murderer. Moses disobeyed God. Anybody ever disobey God? This is an awesome church. Not one of us in here has ever disobeyed God. That's, uh, I knew this is the right place to pastor. All of us have disobeyed God. Moses disobeyed God. We disobey God, and there are consequences to pay. But when Moses disobeyed God, not only did he get kicked out of going into the promised land, but he actually was messing up the typology because the first time that he smote the rock and the water came out, the second time he was supposed to speak to the rock because the rock that followed them in the wilderness, the Bible says that rock was Christ. And Christ was only going to be smitten one time. Therefore, God said, because of your disobedience, I'm going to not allow you to go into the promised land. You can see it, but I'm not going to allow you to go into it. I thank God that even though we live in a day that the world is going crazy and the world is going to hell in a handbasket, as many would say, very, very quickly on a very rapid moving mudslide and landslide, that God still has grace and mercy for us today. If God gave you a promise years ago, that promise has to come to pass. Amen? Now listen to me. That promise has to come to pass. 
If God says that He's going to do something in your life, then it's going to come to pass. It doesn't matter what the devil does. It doesn't matter what the situation may be at the time and the present day that you live in. God will bring it to pass. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, the dream is still alive. It might be in that mason jar with the lid securely batched down or buttoned down or however they say that word. It, and it's on the shelf, but the dream is still alive in that bottle. And if that dream ever dies, there is a resurrection voice that can bring it to life anytime he chooses to bring it to life. Amen? If God told you your family was going to be saved, you hang on to it because your family is going to be saved. If God told you that he's going to open up a door for you, you just hang on. God is going to open up the door for you. Amen. Only be strong and of good courage and just walk with the Lord. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. Let's go. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Beor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. The Lord buried Moses. But it was revealed in the book of Jude why the Lord buried Moses. You see, Moses was, let's just put it in plain terms. Moses could have been a god in the eyes of the Israelites. This guy walks into Egypt and looks at the most powerful man on the face of the earth at that time and says, God says, let my people go. And we all know the story of the, of the plagues and what happened and the, the things that came against Egypt. But when Moses marched out of Egypt with millions of Israelite slaves that had been enslaved for over 400 years, when he brought them out and God used him, and he stands in front of a sea, and there's a mountain on the right side, and there's a mountain on the left side, and the enemy is coming from behind to take them back captive and pull them back into slavery. When he says to the people, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, and then the Lord puts a pillar of a cloud in the daytime, and then the cloud changes to a fire at night at the word of Moses. When Moses gives the command, here comes the east wind, and it splits open a Red Sea, and the people walk across on dry ground. But that's not the end of Moses' ministry. My Lord, God said at one point, he said, when I want to talk to people, I talk to them through prophets and scribes and all of this other. But when I get ready to talk to Moses, we talk face to face. Wow. Now that's something. So Moses could have been a deity. It was the devil's intent to get the body of Moses and resurrect that body and send confusion into the camp and therefore destroy the plan and purpose of God that he had for the children of Israel. So God said, I'll take care of this. And then if you look in the book of Jude, it says that the Lord, when he buried the body of Moses, he sent Michael the archangel to contend with the devil. And Michael didn't bring a railing accusation against the devil. He just simply said, the Lord rebuke you. Get on out of here. What are you trying? What in the world? The devil will do anything he can. He will resurrect anything in your past to try to thwart the plan and destiny of God in your life. The past is the past. This is the word I got Thursday night. 
I laid down to go to sleep last night, and before I laid down, I went through Joshua chapters 1 through 5 before I went to sleep. It was rolling. And I said, Lord, I'd just like to go to sleep. But he said, you've got to remember this. I said, okay. But the devil will take everything in your past, and he will try to throw it right back up in your face, and he will try to thwart the plan of God that God has in your and for your life. He will try to distract you with busyness of the day. He will try to distract you with something from the past that you thought was gone forever. He will try to throw up something that you said years ago that when you were stupid and drunk and high or doing whatever else God knows you were doing, he's going to try to throw that up in you and try to slow you down. But when God gives gives you a promise it doesn't matter whether devils or angels are involved in it god is going to bring to pass what he promised he said he would do in your life so no man knows where moses is buried not even the devils know where moses is buried let's go on and moses was 120 years old when he died his eye was not dim nor his natural force abated He was as strong at 120 as he was at 30 and at 40 and at 50. God will, listen, some of you are going through a trial. Anybody going through a trial? All right. You know, trials make you and prepare you for the anointing and for the destiny and the work ahead. They prepare you for it. You got to go through kindergarten before you can get to first grade. You got to learn the basics in first, second, and third grade to make you ready for algebra and physics and calculus in high school. How many kindergartners do you know come home and say, can you help me with my calculus? All they want you to do, can you help me color? Yeah. You're not going to just walk into your destiny without going through some hardships and some trials to get you ready for your destiny. You're not going to go into the, what God has called you to go into without some adversity along the way to prepare you that when you get to where God wants you, you know exactly what to do when you get there. Amen? And you're not a genius or a superstar because you knew what to do when you got there. You were a genius because you knew how to submit to God and say, I will learn everything I need to learn. And then when I get there, I know exactly what I'm going to do because God, you were with me. Joseph was not the prime minister of Egypt the day after they threw him in the pit and he walked behind a band of Ishmaelites and walked behind the rear end of a camel all the way to Egypt. Joseph was not the prime minister. Joseph had to go through Potiphar's house and Joseph had to go through a prison and Joseph had to go through people forgetting about him. Oh my Lord Jesus, how many times have you ever said, somebody needs to remember me? Some of you are sitting in here, and you know that everybody's forgot about you, especially Jesus. We get down to pray, and the first thing you don't recite is the Lord's Prayer. You recite 2414 Whittler Lane, Vandalia, Illinois, is my address in case you forgot where I live. My name is Tracy Zimmerman. Have you forgot about me? Now, I know none of you have ever prayed that, because all of you are spiritual, more spiritual than I am. But there have been times when the only thing I could recite was my phone number and address to him and say, where are you? Hello. You ever been there? You ever been there, Patrick, when you didn't know where he was? You couldn't feel him? You didn't know how to get a hold of him? You didn't know if he even knew you existed anymore? Number one, we do not operate by feelings. 
Well, I went to church today and didn't feel nothing. So what? It's not a feeling. We walk by faith, not by sight. Paul said that I may not feel him, that I may know him. Knowledge is power. Because your knowledge tells you your faith when you're walking and you cannot feel him. And there will be times and seasons when you will not feel him. There will be times when you will pray and you cannot get a hold of him. There will be times you will fast and all you'll feel is hungry. There'll be times that you'll cry tears of joy and there'll be times you'll cry tears of sorrow. And there will be times you will cry tears of loneliness. But be of good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world. Just remember this. God knows where you're at and God knows what you're up against. But he has also put the end before the beginning and he knows where you're headed. We don't know where we're headed because we are creatures of time. We do not know what the future holds for us. But God says, I know the plans that I have for you Jeremiah 29 11 plans to prosper you plans to put a peace inside of you plans to give you a future and a hope and the devil wants to steal your hope and he wants to steal your plans and he wants to steal your future There'll be times that you'll cry tears of joy and there'll be times you'll cry tears of sorrow and there will be times you will cry tears of loneliness. But be of good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world. Just remember this. God knows where you're at and God knows what you're up against. But he has also put the end before the beginning and he knows where you're headed. We don't know where we're headed because we are creatures of time. We do not know what the future holds for us. But God says, I know the plans that I have for you jeremiah 29 11 plans to prosper you plans to put a peace inside of you plans to give you a future and a hope and the devil wants to steal your hope and he wants to steal your plans and he wants to steal your future and then we get worried we get worried in it okay lord i'm going to believe it this guy is telling me this guy's telling me that the the dream is going to come alive, that the promise is still going to happen. But when I get there, I won't have any strength. When I get there, I won't have any vision. Moses had strength and vision all the way to the time that he closed his eyes in death. When you get to where God wants you, the strength will be there. The vision will be there. The knowledge to handle and work the anointing will be there. Look at your neighbor and say, it'll be there. His strength was not weakened. His vision was clear. Your vision will stay clear as long as you allow God to lead your steps. Let your vision stay clear. Let it stay clear. God did not bring you in here for you to fail. God did not give you the Holy Ghost for you to have it for a while and then to lose it. God didn't bring you into the kingdom of God to tease you with His power and His victory and His grace and His mercy just to tease you for a while. What He put in you was for eternity. Amen? Somebody say eternity. What he put in you was for eternity. It's good today. It'll be good next Sunday. It'll be good the next Sunday when Kyle comes back. It'll be good when Kyle leaves. I said what he puts in you is forever. Amen. 
When you get to that destiny that the devil is fighting you over, when you get to that purpose that God has called you to do, that that devil wants to steal from you, and that devil wants to resurrect your past and bring it back up in your face, when you get there, you will have the power, you will have the knowledge, you will have the vision to do what God has called you to do. Don't worry. God has everything under control. Come on, somebody touch your neighbor, high five, and say, you know, I think he might be on to something. He might be on to something. You're busy building. You're busy building right where you're at, and you think this is it. Only to realize that it was a house of cards, and the first wind of adversity that came along blew it all down. You're building that sand castle by the breaking surf only to realize that the, when this tide comes in that sand castle is going to disappear and eventually after enough waves there will be nothing left to remind you or anybody else that walks by that you were building something there and so we go through our lives and we work and we persevere and we come to church and we go to work and we do all of the stuff that life hands us we call it life on life's terms we talked about it in Proverbs. How many loads of, or how many baths for four kids in a month? 112. 112 baths for four kids in one month. Yes. We go through the 112 baths in one month. We go through 40 or 50 loads of laundry in a month. We go through 20 gallons of milk in a month. We go through all of this business and we go through life and all life and we're trying to build and then suddenly it looks like everything is gone and suddenly it looks like what we came out of Egypt to do and now it's gone. What I was faithful in now, I'm not even getting paid for it. What I was faithful in, I'm not even getting rewarded for it. God knows your number. God has your reward. Just be faithful to Him. Don't give up the fight. Your strength is still there, Moses. Your vision is still there, Moses. Oh, I'm talking to someone right now. Do not give up because the power is there. I'm telling you, it is there. Let's go on. We'll be in Deuteronomy. i got to get to Joshua. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days, so the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. All right. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. There was an impartation from Moses to Joshua. I want this to be a church of impartation. I want this to be a church where people can come through the doors and they can get something in this room and they can leave a different way than they came. I want them to come in oppressed and leave free. I want them to come in sad and leave happy. I want them to come in depressed and leave full of hope. I want them to come in uh, full of fear and leave with courage. I want them to have an impartation take place in this sanctuary and in this church. And in order to do that, we have to be a people that we are willing to take people as they look and as they are and as they smell. Oh, yeah. 
This probably will not be the social church in town where all the doctors, lawyers, and big businessmen go. But this will be a church where the hungry and the thirsty can come and get a hold of his presence and get alone with Jesus Christ and let him wrap his arms around us. And so we know what he wants for our lives. We want this to be the Statue of Liberty Church. What's she say on her book? Where are you, scholars? Come on. You're oppressed. Bring them all. We want this to look like America. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. We don't have any yellow. We'll pray them in. We want this to be a place where people can come and get an impartation of his spirit on our lives. We want people to come and be healed, not only physically, but spiritually and in their mind. People come from abusive situations naturally. They come from abusive situations emotionally. They come from abusive situations spiritually. They come from religious abusive situations. We hit this earlier today in Proverbs. People come from churches that have been abused. They have been hurt. God forbid that we become an abusive, hurtful church. I want to say words to every brother and sister in this house that are an encouragement. I want to speak love to you. I want to speak peace to you. I want to speak things that care, that let you know that we care for you. Hey, there is no room for nasty words in this church toward one another. Oh, can I get a witness in the house? Well, you don't know what I came from. Listen, when you walk in the door, leave it at the door. We're coming to the altar with love and grace and mercy and compassion and kindness and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness. Against such, the Bible says, there is no law. You're my brother. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. Yeah. And what I may say, you may associate with your past. Don't take it the wrong way. Give me space and time to explain myself. Don't be judgmental. Well, that church is just like all the others. Full of hypocrites. What's one more going to hurt? Well, I want to go to a clean church. Well, those are the ones that are empty. Because the Bible says where there is no mule, the barn is clean. That's what it says in Proverbs. I paraphrased it so you'd understand it. But Joshua had the spirit of wisdom from an impartation that Moses laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded. Let's go. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. I want the Lord to know me face to face. I want the Lord to know me face to face. I don't want him to have to use somebody to come talk to me all the time. Lord, if you want to talk to me, here I am. My ear is open. I am willing to hear anything that you have to say to me. In fact, any time you, what, what, you know, why does it take so long for you to have church service? That's because the Lord interrupts us. And we'd like the Lord to interrupt us. And we like the Lord to talk to us. And we like the Lord to deal with us. 
And if the Lord wants to move in here during a song and a praise and worship and people come and pray and people drop their burdens and people get the Holy Ghost and people get healed and people get renewed, it's all worth it. Lord, you can interrupt us anytime you want. Any day, any time, any month, any year, you come on, interrupt me anytime, Jesus. So he knew him face to face. Okay. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent to him in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. Yes. And in all that mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Yes. Now I want you to notice this. Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 in the King James says it like this. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now get up. Joshua, the man and the system and the program and the structure that I put in place to bring you and Israel to this point is gone. Let's bring it down to where we're at. I don't know where all of you came from. I know where some of you came from. I don't know where all of you came from. But that system that got you to this point, that program that got you to this point, ready to take the promises of God, that prophet, that ministry, whatever it was that got you to this point, is gone. You can't go back. You can't resurrect it. You can't pull it back up and play jacks with it and then put it away again and pull it back up. Moses, my servant, is gone. He's dead. The system that I used with Moses is not the same system that I am now going to use with you. Moses' system... At the very end, the last 40 years was a purging and a cleansing system. It was a system that caused all the unbelief and all the doubters from Numbers chapter 13 that said, we don't think we're able to take the land. And then the next morning they woke up and suddenly they decided we were able. And Moses said, too late. That system is gone. The new system now, Joshua, is for you to go possess what I have called you to possess. What has brought me to this point no longer exists. It's gone. So now I want you to arise, go over Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Let's go to the next slide. The NIV. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, I can see it a lot better up here, like this, real close. Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you... Now then, you and all these people, get ready. I want you to get ready 
to cross the Jordan over into the land that I, I am about to give them to the Israelites. All the promises that you have went through and put in the jar and tightened the lid and put up on the shelf. All the dreams that you've dreamed and it doesn't look like they're going to happen because you've had to go through system after system after system after system. Joshua, the man and the system and the program and the structure that I put in place to bring you and Israel to this point is gone. Let's bring it down to where we're at. I don't know where all of you came from. I know where some of you came from. I don't know where all of you came from. But that system that got you to this point, that program that got you to this point, ready to take the promises of God, that prophet, that ministry, whatever it was that got you to this point, is gone. You can't go back. You can't resurrect it. You can't pull it back up and play jacks with it and then put it away again and pull it back up. Moses, my servant, is gone. He's dead. The system that I used with Moses is not the same system that I am now going to use with you. Moses' system... At the very end, the last 40 years was a purging and a cleansing system. It was a system that caused all the unbelief and all the doubters from Numbers chapter 13 that said, we don't think we're able to take the land. And then the next morning they woke up and suddenly they decided we're able. And Moses said, too late. That system is gone. The new system now, Joshua, is for you to go possess what I have called you to possess. What has brought me to this point no longer exists. It's gone. So now I want you to arise, go over Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Let's go to the next slide. The NIV. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, I can see it a lot better up here, like this, real close. Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you, now then you and all these people, get ready. I want you to get ready to cross the Jordan over into the land that I, I am about to give them to the Israelites. All the promises that you have went through and put in the jar and tightened the lid and put up on the shelf all the dreams that you've dreamed 
and that doesn't look like they're going to happen because you've had to go through system after system after system after system. God has used the systems to get all of the junk out of you so you are now standing looking at the promise and now God is saying it's time to get up and go get it. Get ready, get ready, get ready. That old system that got you here, it's gone. It's a new thing now, Joshua. That old plan that you had, that wasn't my plan for you. That was my cleansing. That was my anointing. That was my integrity. That was my character maker working its work in you. The problem with the previous generation was as soon as they got out of Egypt and they got to their first jam at the Red Sea, they were all wishing to God they could have watermelons and leeks and onions and garlic back in Egypt. You know why? Because they had a slave mentality. And I'm fearful that a lot of times when God gets us to the point where he says, it is time now, Joshua, to get up and let's take it. I'm afraid that our mentality now says, but I have been through the cleansing process for so long that I don't have faith to receive and believe to start marching in and taking city after city after city. Because we sit in church with a wilderness mentality. And we sit in church with a slave mentality. And we sit in church and under the anointing and the preaching of the Lord and the power of the move of the Lord during praise and worship. And we have all of these mind mentalities that we're always thinking about what happened back there and what's happened over here and what took place back there. God says what happened back there is done. It's gone. There's a new thing coming, Joshua. Now it's time to get up and let's go get it. Is there anybody in the house today that is ready to start marching toward your first victory in the promises of God? Come on, let's all stand and give him some praise. Come on, let's all give him some praise. Oh, come on, let's praise him a little while. Death is final. When you die, it's done. There was a dual action air pump in my office from vacation Bible school. You know, when you push it down, it blows air. When you pull it up, it blows air. Now, I'm not like that, Patrick, because I'm either blowing or sucking. It ain't both. You can't get her both ways. But if I fall over dead right now, there's not one of you that's going to go get that air pump and stick it in my mouth and resuscitate me because I'm dead. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't coming back. 
Moses' system is gone, Joshua. It ain't coming back. I am changing the whole mission of the journey now. I am changing the whole thing from being cleansed in the wilderness of all the unbelief and all the doubt and all of the friction and all of the drama. Come on now. I'm getting rid of all of the junk in your life. I'm getting rid of all the junk in the camp of Israel because when you go into the promise, I'm going to make you ready to meet the promise and take the promise. God has called many of you to ministries. He's called many of you to different levels in God. He, I don't know what the dreams are that God has for each and every one of you. I do know this, that God has put His destiny and our end in front of us. And now through life, we are walking toward it. Paul said, forgetting those things which are... Robbie said it this morning, I do what? I press toward the mark. But you don't know what they did to me. God says, who? They're dead. You don't know how I was treated at Walmart. God says, when? It's dead. You don't know how I feared the month of July. God says, it's dead. Now I'm asking you today, whatever's left in your mind to bring back your past and try to resuscitate your past, God is saying, who, when, what, where, how, why? It's dead. It's gone. No more. Wow. But here's our problem. Every time we get ready to move into something, we have that belief, that thought that says, can this really be happening to me? Can I really be free from all that to arise and go into this? For some reason, there is a hesitation in our human nature. Peter has a hesitation. He had the hesitation when he looked at the Lord at the trial and that little teenage girl by the burn barrel. She said, I know that you're one that follows him. And he got so mad at her, he cussed her out. But after that period of hesitation in Peter's life, the next time you see Peter... He's standing up with the 11 in Acts chapter number 2. And he said, this same Jesus whom you've crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. And with many other words did Peter and the other apostles exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Where you're at right now in your journey with Jesus and at Family Worship Center is you are in your hesitation. And God is looking at you saying, Get up, let's go. Some of you want to get involved in some type of ministry, but you're afraid to. Get up, let's go. 
some of you want to teach Bible studies, but you don't think you can teach Bible studies. I say, get up, let's go. Some of you want to pray. Some of you want to fast. Some of you want a deeper walk with the Lord. I say unto thee also, get up and let's go. Can I impose on your good nature, Bishop Brown? Can we have a little music before we close? Let me tell you something. He who said that light-colored clothes are cooler lied because I'm burning up. It's gone. It's dead. It's over. Moses, my servant, is dead. Watch this. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. God sends people into our lives for what? Reasons, seasons, lifetimes. There may have been someone come into your life to get you in relationship with God. But now they're no longer in your life. What was going on? God was sending a system to get you from where you were to where he wants you to be. And now you want to stay back and look at that system and say, what happened to that system? What happened here? What happened there? Now God's saying that system is no longer in existence. It's dead because it served the purpose to bring you to this point right here and right now. Here it is. Boom. I pressed toward the mark. That word pressed in the Greek means anything that gets between me and the prize. I will utterly destroy because nothing is getting in my way. <laughs>